All right. Uh, we got a, a really hot podcast coming up. I'm going to talk about a little uh, my drinking days, blacking out, driving while drunk, you know, the classics. Uh, this is the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and my co-host, Hannah Hogan, is not going to be with us this week. Uh, we got we got had a very busy week. She's got some stuff that she wants to do, so I'm just going to fly this one solo, tell some stories, have a good time. First, a little shout-out to our sponsors, the Bailey Candle Company. The Bailey Candle Company sent us some great candles, and we've been burning them. We like the way it makes the house smell. We like the way the room fills, and I just couldn't be more happy with candles. And that is baileycandleco.com. Go there, buy yourself some candles biodegradable soy wax comes in a little great ceramic bowl that you know if you wanted you could grow a plant in or you know eat some cereal out of whatever you do with bowls and then you know you can do that and then also uh, if you use the code good time you'll get 25 percent off so go ahead and do that and now let's get started with our segment where we've been where we're going where they going where they been where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going? Where we've been? All right, Hannah. This weekend, she went to Huntsville, Alabama, to do the Homegrown Showcase or Homegrown Show. I don't know exactly the name, but it's a great show. Everybody talks about it, says it's uh, really good, and she had a great time down there. And then I went to Danville, Kentucky, to Center College. I've been there three times. I always expect college shows to be terrible because. I don't think that college students get any of my references, and it's not their fault. It's that I'm, you know, a good bit older than them, and I'm talking about stuff that they probably have no idea. Technology is changing fast. I mean, I grew up with, uh, you know, in the age when computers came out. You know, I was in high school when the internet came out. Uh, well, you know, we had AOL that we messed around with for a bit. That was fun. But no, when the internet really got cooking, I mean, I was in high school. So these kids, they don't have any idea what I'm talking about. And I'm not even old. I don't think of myself as old, but I'm like older than college students. You know what I mean? So, And plus, I didn't go to college. So I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what exams are like. I know people say, oh, I got exams this week, but I don't know what that's like. I imagine it's not fun. Uh, you know, that's why I didn't go to college because I don't like taking tests. I don't like sitting in a classroom. I don't like a teacher telling me what to do. Uh, I don't like most of, you know, I liked high school, but the thing that I liked about school was I liked just being able to go and sit in this classroom and have all these people that are trapped in there with me and they have to listen to me be try to be funny. And I had a great time with it. I had near perfect attendance every year in school because uh, that was my best audience. Like a lot of people like to skip school and I was like, nah, this is, I don't care about the work, but being able to make people laugh in school was like the most fun thing for me. So that's why when I when I graduated high school, I had to uh, become a comedian because nothing else was fun to me. And um, the people at Lowe's and Home Depot, when I used to sell pesticides, they didn't find me very funny. In fact, most of them, when they found out that I did comedy, would say something like, Oh, well, we don't even think you're that funny. We never see you do tell any jokes here at work. And it's like, yeah, this is work. And uh, I'm hungover, and I come in here, and I sell pesticides to Lowe's and Home Depot. And I'm also the low man on the totem pole amongst uh, the pesticide companies. So, you know, there was some – I had some good times working for the pesticide company. Uh, you know, I had some I had some exciting times, in fact. I, I had once – it was a young lady that worked uh, for a competitor, and uh, you know we had a good time, and uh, it's fun. We and uh, so, but that was there was never anything fun about the job. That was the job. It was only things on the job that I wasn't supposed to be doing that made it fun. But um, so that's where. But anyway, that being said, I went on a real tangent there. But I was at this college, and I always expected to be bad, and it was great. I had a really good time. My friend Kathleen Donnelly came up from Charleston. She evacuated because Hurricane Florence was threatening to uh, destroy Charleston. So she went to her hometown in Louisville, which is or, or Lexington, which is pretty close to Danville. 
and she came to the show and brought some friends. Uh, it was very fun. So I at least had three people in the audience near my own age that got my jokes. But this audience uh, was surprisingly really good. I mean, you know, I, I made fun of them for a while, made fun of myself. We got into it, had a good time. And now where we are going, Hannah is going to Lynchburg, Virginia this weekend to do some kind of show for breast cancer awareness. So she's doing charity. And then I'm going to go tonight. I have a show at Zany's in Nashville, Dusty Slay's grand old comedy show. It's going to be a hot show. I got Joe Denham. I got Katie Hughes, Powell Mansfield, Kyle Castro uh, and Brad Tassel. So I got a wide variety of comics. Uh, and also Joe Denham, who used, who's been on the podcast, recently got his video, Together We're a 10, on CMT. So he's becoming very popular, and uh, he's going to be on my show, and we're going to have a good time. And that's tonight at Zany's at 7.30. And then this weekend, I'm doing a show in Fort Mill, South Carolina, at Life Point Church. Now, it's not a church show. They're just renting out the church. But if you live in that area, it will be more of a clean show. So that's what this guy who's putting this together, he wants there to be more clean comedy. And so I'm going there to do some relatively clean comedy. I never like to say that my comedy is clean. Because the moment that I say I do clean comedy, people want to bring their kids. And I don't want you bringing your kids to the show unless your kids are grown. Um, uh, So I never like to say that it's clean, but it's fairly clean. You know, I like to make some jokes here and there, some, you know, to push the boundaries, make it a little edgy. But, you know, I'm not dropping a lot of F-bombs out there. Chances are I'm probably not going to drop an F-bomb at all. But I'll be doing that. And then also during the day... Uh, I want you to come to that show because that show is going to be very good. I'm headlining, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I want you to come to that show. But if you live in Charlotte and you're not available at nighttime, I am also doing a show at the Charlotte Comedy Zone during the day, a brunch show. So chances are you can do both of those shows if you want. Um, uh, but since you know, since I, decide, I, I had the Fort Mill show before the Comedy Zone show, so I'd like you to come to that Fort Mill show if you have to choose between the two of them. But if you're not available at night but are available during the day, come see the brunch show. It's going to be very fun. Blair Nias is hosting that, and she's a lot of fun. So Hannah will be on that show with me and, uh, you know, my friend Chris Buck. And uh, But then also there's a uh, guy named Joel Byers who I did his show called The Hot Breath Podcast a while back, and that was a lot of fun. And he'll be on the show in Fort Mill with me. So there it is, where we're going, where we've been. So I also, you know, I'm just trying to uh, talk about some of the things that people gave me on a list one time. I asked for some topics that people would like to hear about. So I'm just trying, I'm going to try to break into some of that now. And one of these things is food on the road. I know a lot of people, you know, that travel or are just getting into comedy and you know, they kind of wonder about what can you eat out there because they say everything's so terrible on the road. And I agree. When you're traveling, it's hard to find a good spot. Uh, but these are a few places that I like. Number one, the number one place for me, the number one place for me on the road is Chick-fil-A, right? That should be no surprise to anyone that if you live in the southeast, uh, Chick-fil-A is the way to go. Um, it is delicious. Uh, the, the people there are friendly. They treat you with, they may be weird. They are weird. They're weird, friendly. They're like, some people have said this and they are a little bit like robots in there, but you know what? I enjoy these friendly Chick-fil-A robots a lot more than real humans that are rude to me. Uh, and they have great food. They also have some healthy options. Now, you know, the real health freaks out there will go, there's nothing healthy in fast food. And, you know, and that's probably true. But, you know, you can get grilled options at Chick-fil-A. You can get wraps. You know, you can get fruit. You don't have to do the fried chicken sandwich and the french fries. Although, if you do that, very good choice. And I think they have the best chicken nuggets in the world. Also, a couple other places. These are chains that I like to hit up. Like Western Sizzlin'. If you see one of them, it's usually going to be decent to, to pretty good and probably privately ran at this point. Ruby Tuesday, great chain. They have a salad bar. Uh, endless salad bar and then uh, also Moe's and Chipotle both of those good options on the road I like those a lot now other than that 
if you're going to want to hit independent places, which I like to do, I like to try to hit the local spots. The problem with the local spots now is that they all get they all get the food delivered from the same truck nowadays. You know, you go to some old mom and pop store and they still got a Cisco truck delivering them frozen food. And so you're eating the same thing at the mom and pop place that you are when you go to Applebee's and eat. It's all the same food. So it's hard to find those good local spots. Um, most barbecue places are pretty good. Uh, I don't eat pork, but if you uh, usually at a barbecue place, you can find a nice barbecue chicken or a beef brisket. Uh, so those are good spots. And uh, and then gas stations. Where are you going to find the good bathrooms? What has the wide variety of snacks? I like truck stops. My favorite truck stop is Love's. Love's Truck Stop. Let me tell you why. Because they, they got a lot of love in there. I love them. And usually there will be a Subway or some type of restaurant attached. I'm not a fan of Subway, but you can get a decent sandwich there if you're on the road and you're in a tight they also have some hot dogs, which uh, I would never eat, but some people would. And they got hot dogs. They got coffee. Uh, Loves has pretty good coffee. And they got a lot of snacks, but there's always a bathroom. And they always have, and it's never out of order. In fact, if the, if the bathroom's out of order, they will put porta potties in the back to make sure that you can use the bathroom. So you can stop there. You can get food. You can get gas. You can get. Uh, you can use the bathroom. You can buy a wolf T-shirt if you'd like. There's always a wolf T-shirt or some angry animal T-shirt inside there, and you can get that at a Loves. And here's some other acceptable ones. The Flying J uh, is pretty good, and the TA, Traveler's Rest or something like that, Traveler's Advantage. I don't know what TA stands for, but you'll see the TA sign. Flying J and TA are good. They're about like a Loves, like a little lower class Loves. They'll have all those same things, you know, some touristy things, coffee, bathrooms, gas. It's a good time. Uh, some truckers be hanging out in there with weird kind of headphones on that they're walking around in the store with. And what they'll also have, you'll see those guys with like a gallon jug of coffee that they're drinking. And I guess that's better than, you know, doing speed, but who knows? And uh, there's also Pilot. Now, the thing about a Pilot is I don't think they have any standards for who's franchising out the Pilots because you can have the greatest Pilot in the world, the greatest stop, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like an old Texaco is now a Pilot. So you got to be careful with those. The reason I say this is because if you're on the road and you're driving along, you're like, oh, man, I got to use the bathroom real bad, and you just pull off the interstate – to some raggedy old gas station you could get out of the car and go in the guy's like bathroom's out of order and it's like out of order what are you using i want to use what you're using you know and if you're a dude you can just go around behind the gas station and just pee in the bushes that's what i like to do if they don't let me use the bathroom i like to pee behind the store just to let them know hey i'm peeing somewhere i'm peeing somewhere at this station uh, if you're a woman, you can do that too, but it's harder because, you know, there's people out there that want to watch you pee. There's people that want to, uh, you know, you know, and also it's a little more obvious that you're doing it, you know, with a guy, you know, we just kind of open our pants and you can, as long as you don't have your hands down in front of you, it's not obvious that you're peeing, but you know, it's harder for women because most, most, there's really not a lot of people out there going, man, I'm gonna, I'd like to watch that guy go pee. Uh, at least not me. There might be some other guys that people are trying to watch pee, but Usually not me, uh, and I'm happy about that. There's a lot of things to be upset about, uh, but that is not one of them. So I apologize if the sound is not up to par here, but I um, I had to download a new uh, thing, and now I don't know how long I'm recording, and I also don't know... Um, if it sounds good. I had someone, my friend Matt Price, really set it up before and made it sound good. And I don't know if this sounds good. And I also don't know how long I've been going for. So uh, that's not a good thing. That's not what we're trying to have happen up here. So I got, you know, I got controls and I got EQ. But you know what? That don't mean nothing to me. And uh, I just wish that it would tell me how long it's been recording for. I'm sure there's a a button It'll do that. Okay, good. Now I got that. I got the time. Still don't know if the sound's good, but I got the time. So 
That is food on the road. Uh, and that's, you know, if you have specific questions or if you have any suggestions, I'd love to shout those out for you. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to someone just sent me an email here that said that they've been listening to the podcast. And I, you know, and if you've done that, Nicole Bolton just sent us an email and I'd like to give a shout out to her and say thank you. And if you've done that before and I've not uh, given you a shout out, I apologize about that because I want to give people shouts, shout outs to let them know that I appreciate them listening and give this podcast a review. Um, and now let's see, that is those two things. And do I have any advice for comics? It seems like this kind of stuff has been coming up a little bit lately. People with double bookings, you know. The thing is, when I first started getting a lot of gigs, I would get, I would double book some stuff. You know, I'd be like, because I'm just saying yes to every show. Um, But I think that, you know, it's hard to just give some direct advice and say, because it's, you know, it's got to be a case-by-case situation. But for me, uh, doing club work is what I want to be doing, right? Clubs, comedy clubs pay you the money and they also will give you the most regular work. So sometimes the choice could just be, oh, what pays more money? I want to go with the thing that pays more money because why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Uh, but also it could be a thing of, well, this gig pays me more money, but over the long run, this gig, this club is going to give me more work. Comedy is a long game. So if you're a new comic and you're just looking for some advice in that kind of area, I just say comedy is a long game. So you want to upset the least amount of people that you can because, you know, someone I've had bookers that don't give me gigs for years. And then all of a sudden they book me for a bunch of gigs. And this whole time I thought that they were mad at me when in reality they had, you know, thousands of comics trying to do comedy at their club and I wasn't even on their mind. And then suddenly I became on their mind and they started booking me a lot of gigs. So definitely go case by case and definitely don't upset people. But, you know, you got to look out for yourself too. You know, what's the better gig? What's going to help me in the long run? If you're doing an independent bar somewhere, a bar show, your friend has booked you on it, and then you get an offer to do the club, I say do the club. Tell your friend, like, hey, man, I got some stuff happening. And if it's really your friend, they'll understand and they'll rebook you. Uh, most of these things aren't hard for people to rebook. But some people are going to be more nasty about it than others, and you know at that point you have to choose: uh, do I want to do, do I want to kind of bow down to this you know person that's being nasty to me, or do I want to, uh, you know, do the good gig? And uh, I don't know if that helps, but I am open to uh, helping people talk about those things, but also know that you never know the right answer. I mean, you could you could say, oh. Uh, this is the right move to make. And then they make that move and it backfires on them. It's like, no one knows, you know, it's life. We're all trying to figure it out. And, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the podcast next week. I am going to New York, uh, for a couple of days. I'm going to hang out with my, with my friend, Evan Burke. Uh, and then I'm, oh, my friend Evan is moving to LA soon, which is exciting. I'm going to go to LA the first week of October. I'll be in New York next week. Tuesday night and Wednesday night and then leave Thursday. I have a thing to do on Wednesday. Nothing to do on Tuesday, just hang out with my buddy Evan, probably my buddy Derek. So if you're around and you want to hang out, let's do it. If you listen to this podcast and you got a gig, uh, I'd probably jump on that gig if you'd like me to do it. Uh, that'd be fun. But come to the show tonight. I got some new jokes that I've been working on, and I'm excited about that. Okay. So back when I lived, you know, I moved to Charleston when I was 21 years old. And, you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up in a trailer park and on a, and, and on a farm, and, you know, I just, um, I always looked so young that I never could get into a bar, you know, I never could sneak into the bar. I would go to Auburn sometimes, Auburn University, and kind of sneak into some college parties, but I, I never once made it through the whole party without getting kicked out, you know, I never was fooling anybody. They're like, we know you don't go to this school. One, you look like you're in high school, and two, you don't know anything about the college. You're telling us that you're doing these classes, but we know that you're not, and uh, so uh, I never had a lot of success with that, but I... Um, so when I turned 21, I lived in, you know, Opelika for about uh, six months, and then I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, this very classy city, and in my mind at the time was the big city. I mean, 
Charleston, South Carolina might as well have been New York City to me at that time. And I started hitting the bars. You know what I mean? And I was hitting the bar. I never drank and drove. I never would do it. But when I moved to Charleston, I slowly got into it, right? I would have. And by the way, in saying this, uh, I'm just talking about what I used to do. Don't drink and drive. There's no need in it, especially now there's Uber and there's Lyft. It's very easy to get home and it's very easy to get back to your car the next day. It's easy and it's cheap. So do that. Don't drink and drive. It's not worth it. But I'm going to tell you, so this was probably, you know, uh, early 2000s. And so I would go out, I, I joined an improv class and I was taking improv and I would Ha, you know, do fun improv, and then I had all these new fun, wacky improviser friends, and they would go. We would go out, and they would all be funny all the time. And that it's never been my thing is to be funny all the time. I I just uh, you know I like to be funny on stage, and then I'm just a, like a uh, as rel, uh, a regular of a person as you can be, and uh, as I can be. I'm not that regular of a person, but anyway, so. I would go out with these wacky improviser people, and I loved them. I thought they were so funny, and I was like, well, maybe if I drink enough, I can be as wacky as they are, and then I would drive home, and uh, so I did that for years, and then I moved downtown for a while, and I would just bike everywhere, and so I rode my bike drunk a lot, and I, I wrecked several times on my bike. I remember once I left a bar, and I was so drunk, I, the, and the street, it was King Street, the, the street was crowded. I mean, the traffic was backed up. People were everywhere. And I got on my bike, and I got in the road, immediately fell right in the middle of the road, and the car in front of me just started laughing. And I laughed, too, because it was, you know, pretty funny. And uh, I lived in this building called Sergeant Jasper. I lived on the ninth floor of this building, and they had a pretty cool community of people that would hang out, and uh, we would just hang out and smoke rolled cigarettes and uh, hang out on the porch and drink, and it's a good time, so... This progressed, and I would start drinking and driving more and more. And then I moved from um, Charleston, downtown Charleston, to Folly Beach, and I lived on the beach for a year. And we would, me and my friends, uh, we would go out on the beach, and we would drink all day, and then we would get in the car and drive downtown Charleston for happy hour. So we'd go around four, maybe a little after, and then we would drink into the night, sometimes close the bar down, after we'd already been drinking all day, and then we'd get in the car, drive home, right? Maniacs. And honestly, there never was a problem. One time I pulled up to the gas station one block from my house, wasted, and I went in, and I'm just running my mouth with the cashier that works there, just trying to be funny. And then there's this cop in there, and I was like, ooh, I better straighten up now. And so I go sit in the car, and I get in the car, and I don't put the key in the ignition yet. And the cop comes over and he goes, hey, you can't drive. And I was like, you're right. Key is not in the ignition. And then the cop helped me push my car into a parking place and then gave me a ride home. So those nice Folly Beach cops, you know. Folly Beach is a great place. I haven't lived there in a long time. And I don't go out there very often because I don't live in Charleston anymore. But what a fun place that was. My friend used to work at this bar named called snapper jacks and I, I lived one block from snapper jacks and i would walk down there and he had one beer on draft he had yingling on draft and he said as long as you drink yingling you're good and i would go in and i would drink like i don't know 15 yinglings and i would pay for one and then i would stumble home uh so i wasn't drinking and driving as much when i lived on folly except when i wanted to drive downtown so then I moved to James Island, which is a bit closer to Charleston, but uh, still, uh, James Island is in between Charleston and Folly Beach. So I lived there, and I lived there with my alcoholic friend, uh, who, me and him, you know, the problem with me and him is that we both really liked drinking, and we both would get, become lunatics, you know, when we drank, and... I used to drink with my friend that I moved to Charleston with uh, named Joey Tomlinson. I would drink with him. And when I would get too out of control, Joey would let me know in a very subtle way that I was out of control and I needed to lock it up. 
right? And normally that would work out pretty well. Me and Joey had some fights. I freaked out on him a few times. One time he left, one time he got a cab home from the Waffle House because we fought in the Waffle House. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We were young men. We're, we're, we're still great friends now. But my friend Mike, uh, he lived with me on James Island. And me and Mike never got embarrassed of each other. We never, we never could do an awful thing. We were like almost trying to see if we could embarrass one another. Uh, for a while, there was a couple of years there where we just gave up picking up women. It would happen occasionally, but we just gave up. And we just, our goal was to go out and get drunk and get rowdy, and we loved it. We would go out and we would cause a scene. We would get kicked out of the bar, and then we would just laugh as we walked on to the next bar. We got kicked out of so many bars in Charleston. I got kicked out of a bar one night for throwing coasters at a guy. I got, I was, you know, because that's what would happen to me. This is what would happen to me. I would be drinking, everything would be fine, and I would make a bunch of friends at the bar. They would all become my friends. It would be laughing, having a good time, and then I would start doing shots. And slowly, these friends that I had made would start to become my enemies, at least in my own mind that was happening. I think there's some darkness in me that gets fed by alcohol, and these people would start to become my enemies. And one time I got into an argument with a guy, and I don't know what he said, but I started throwing coasters at him, right? And so then they kicked us out. So me and my friend, we drove down to a gas station, and I don't know what we were doing, but I was standing on top of the car in the gas station yelling at people, and I got kicked out of a gas station parking lot. That doesn't happen a lot. It's it's tough to get kicked out of a gas station parking lot, and uh, I've done that. Uh, I've been kicked out of the same bar twice in one night. Actually, it's a bar slash sushi restaurant, right? So I, I was at this. Um, this is all terribly embarrassing stories, and I don't act like I haven't drank in six years. So that's why it's fun to tell these things now because uh, I don't do this anymore. Actually, I would be so embarrassed to hang out with my own self. I could, mean sober Dusty could never hang out with drunk Dusty. I wouldn't tolerate it. I wouldn't tolerate somebody being this big of an idiot. But it is me, and it lives inside of me, and uh, it's in there. The 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 uh, uh, ability to be an idiot, it lives in there, and I can call it out anytime. All I got to do, pour some alcohol on it. It comes alive. Anyway, so um, so I'm in this sushi restaurant, and it's a, uh, uh, I don't know, this is a uh, hibachi. That's what it is, where you're sitting like in a horseshoe shape and the chef is in the middle, right? Well, I'm. it's me and a bunch of people that I work with, right? And I am getting wasted, right? And then there's this girl that I wanted to date at one time, and she wouldn't go on a date with me. And now she has this new boyfriend that also works with us. And this guy's my friend, this girl is my friend. Like these people are not my enemies. I asked her on a date. She didn't go with me and it wasn't a big deal. She didn't do something horrible to me. It wasn't a big deal, but I was drunk and I started saying stuff to her. And then he said something to me and then I start saying stuff to him and then it becomes a big deal. And then some other people at the table get involved and then I argue with them and then they kick me out. Right. That's fine. I've been kicked out of places before. I went across the street, had another beer, and then I came back and I talked the guy who kicked me out into letting me back in. I said, hey, I'm fine now. Everything's good. I promise I'll be okay. And he let me back in, and immediately I found the people and started arguing again and was immediately thrown out of the bar. And my friends left with me, and we just laughed. You know, just good quality, wholesome entertainment. So these friends, all this carried on and on. And one night we went to this party and there was a, uh, you know, there was a girl I liked at this party, different girl, a lot of stuff going on, still in my early twenties here. I got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, so I, you know, I'm going to be cool. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna dress nice and I'm going to, I'm gonna drink a little bit before I go to the party, you know, loosen up a bit. And, uh, but I got, you know, I got too loose and, uh, but everything was fine at the party. I didn't, I didn't make a fool of myself at this party, no more than I normally would. And just to, just to say, uh, I always, 
look back on these times as though I must have been embarrassing myself all the time. And I was. But I have since then hung out with some of the friends that I used to work with. And now that I don't drink, I saw them one night. They came to a show. And by the end of the night, they were all so wasted. And I was like, oh, they probably didn't even know how embarrassing I was because they are also so drunk. So we were all just feeding each other's own alcoholism. You know, we're just restaurant workers. You know, a lot of them doing drugs, uh, drugs and alcohol and just wild parties. I mean, that's what the restaurant world is. I mean, we worked at a restaurant called Hyman's. What do you expect? You know what I mean? We're wild. The turnover rate at Hyman's was so high because there was so many people that worked at Hyman's and it was such a fast paced place and a very touristy, fast paced. And so people would come to work there and immediately be like, I don't like this. So we had said once that former Hyman's employees is the fastest growing population in Charleston. And, uh, so I knew so many people in town from working at that restaurant. I loved it. I, I still talk good about it. I love the place. Anyway, uh, it gave me a lot of money, a lot of good times from Hyman's. And so I was at this party, and I got loose. And then as I was leaving, I drank. We all, everyone that was at that party probably came in their own car, got drunk, probably all drove home. I'm not saying it's not a big deal, but in our minds during that time, it was not a big deal. That was not a thing we were concerned about. We just liked to drink, and there was no Uber, there was no Lyft, so if you wanted to drink, you had to drive. You know what I mean? And I say this joke on stage, and I like it, but it is true. Uh, Sometimes we would get a designated driver, but that didn't mean they weren't going to drink. That just meant you had someone that was willing to risk it. And it's so true. It's like, you know, there would be times where something would happen and it would put a little fear in us. And I'd be like, I'm not driving tonight. And my friend would be like, I'll drive. And it's like, okay, cool. And we didn't even question. It wasn't even like, well, are you going to drink? It was just like, well, we have someone willing to drive. So very irresponsible. But I'm at this party. And as I'm leaving, people are saying to me, Dusty, let me drive you home. Let me drive, which has never happened. People never do this. But I'm like, dude, I'm fine. I live, you know, I live five minutes from here. It's not a big deal. So I'm driving along. And at the time, I had the Starsky and Hutch soundtrack. Uh, I'm ashamed to say. But it had this song on it, Dancing Machine by the Jackson 5. And I was really into that song. I was jamming. I had a I had a 1999 uh, Baby Blue uh, Saturn Four-door Saturn. Had the gray bumpers, five-mile-per-hour bumpers. Dent-resistant doors. If a cart, a shopping cart ran into the side, it pops back out. Very sturdy car. Uh, I was driving along in that car. Stick shift. No power steering. Hard to drive. Safe, but hard to drive. And I'm driving along, and we're jamming. Me and my buddy Mike are jamming. And then all of a sudden, uh, the road uh, just turned 90 degrees, And I ran off the side of the road, flipped the car, and landed into a marsh. Into a marsh. If you don't know what a marsh is, it's like a swamp. And it's December. It's a Christmas party. We're all having a good time. And I had flip-flops on because, Charleston, you wear flip-flops year-round. It doesn't matter. And I had glasses. So flipped the car, lands on the roof. Me and Mike both crawl out the windows because, you know, we didn't have seatbelts on, I'm sure. I don't know if we did or not. I bet we didn't. Either way, airbags came out, landed on the roof. We climb out. There's water. It's cold. And we're standing in the street. I I lost my flip-flops. I lost my glasses. I'm very drunk. I look at Mike. Mike's head's busted. He's got blood coming out of his forehead. I'm freaking out because I have a job currently. I'm selling pesticides. I'm driving from store to store, and, and this job requires that I have a good license And I'm like, well, about to get a DUI, and I'm going to lose my job, and everything is going to be done, right? So I'm walking, and all of a sudden, this guy pulls up in this van, and he goes, hey, guys, you need a ride home. And we were like, yes, we do. And we got in the car with that guy. We left the car in the marsh. Headlights still on. I mean, the headlights are still on. There's no personal property damage. No, we didn't hit anybody's things. And I went back 
to my apartment. I got back to my apartment and I started calling tow truck companies and I was going to try to get this taken care of. And by the time I got to the third number, the first person to answer, they said, uh, the cops already have it. It's being towed. So I was like, oh, well, that's scary. So I just went to sleep. I was like, you know what? There's nothing that I can do good tonight. No one's hurt beside me and Mike. Mike seems to be fine. After all, we got back to the apartment. It just seemed like a little little skin wound. No big deal. But blood was coming out, so it was scary. And uh, we fixed it up. We went to bed. The next morning, I woke up. And for a moment, I felt great. I didn't feel hungover. The sun was coming through the, the window. I thought, wow, what a great day. And then all of a sudden, like in a movie, in a flashback, it all came hurling back. And I was like, oh, no, I flipped my car last night. So I begin the search to find my car. We drive out. We get in Mike's car, and we drive out to the place. The car's gone. I go out there. I find my glasses. I find my flip-flops, a few CDs. Um, we had it in our minds. And, and oh, out there, there's two telephone poles. And one telephone pole still standing. The other has been broken off. Now, it wasn't broken off by me, but it had been broken off previously. And what I've gathered since then is that a lot of wrecks have happened in that spot. So I think, though, that I hit that broken off telephone pole because when I... All right, I'll get to this. But that broken off telephone pole was there. Remember that. And me and Mike have it in our minds that... um. We're just going to find the car, flip it over, drive it out of there. It's going to be fine, right? So we finally find out where the car is at, and we go there, and and we they let us look at the car, and the car looks awful. The front axle, the front two wheels has been ripped back. So I think what happened is I hit that telephone pole, and it ripped it back, and then it flipped us. And we had to roll at least one full time because both of the side mirrors were broken off the car. Right. So it's like, well, something happened here. And um, so then they won't let us get the car. They say, you got to go to the police department and get a release form for the car. And I'm like, oh, no. And uh, so me and Mike go to lunch. We're like, I went we went home. I dressed very nice because I have to go into the police department. I have to tell them that my car got towed last night and I need a release form. And I feel like they're going to ask a lot of questions, so I put I put on my nicest outfit, and uh, I go in there. Uh, well, I go to lunch. Me and Mike, we go to lunch. We're like, let's get some food. Let's talk about a game plan. I have decided at this point that I'm not going to drink anymore. Now, for the record, I did end up drinking again for quite a while, but I decided at that point I was not going to drink anymore. Mike had two beers at lunch. You know what I mean? This is not Mike's car. This is not Mike's problem. Mike's like, whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll drive you to the police station after having a couple of beers. Makes no big deal to me. So we do that, and we go, and I walk in to the police station, very nervous. And I go in, I ask for the release form, and the guy goes, all right, here you go. And he just gave me the release form. And... Yeah, and I got the car, and uh, everything was fine. So amazing that it just worked out like that, and um, and it was fine in the end because we didn't damage anyone else's personal property, and I didn't, um, and I you know I ended up getting a new car eventually. I mean, after that, I had to buy a car cash, and my mom had a car. She had a 1984 Buick LeSabre, huge car, and she gave me that car. It needed some repairs, but she gave me that car, and I drove that for a while, and that car was fun, and uh, I definitely drank and drove a lot in that car, and uh, I drank and drove a lot more after that. It's hard for me to learn a lesson, and uh, but I, I, I quit drinking for a while, and then I went home. Actually, I went home to Alabama to pick up the new car, and I, I hadn't drank for a month. And I had a beer in a, a Longhorn Steakhouse, a tall boy, and that beer was so good that I was like, Whew. 
I don't know why I haven't been doing this. And that's why I'm afraid to drink now. I haven't drank in six years, but I'm afraid I'll have a beer and be like, this is what I've been missing. And uh, because I like to drink. I mean, a lot of people think that when you tell them that you don't drink, that somehow you're against drinking. I'm not against drinking. I'm just against myself drinking. Because, man, I love it. It is a, such a good time. And uh, I, if you have a problem drinking, then don't drink because it sucks to – because I'm one of those people that I have a beer and I get to feeling good. And I'm like, man, if one beer makes me feel this good, how good am I going to feel after 20 and a couple of shots? And the shots are what really get me in trouble. But that's what people say. They say, well, it's the shots that get you in trouble, so don't do the shots. And the problem with me is – that when I am um, not drinking, I can think logically and I say to myself, yeah, have a couple of beers and settle down, you know, but I have a couple of beers and the alcohol starts flowing in me and then I just start feeling good and I'm like, you know what, let's jumpstart this bad boy, let's get some shots in here, let's make this a party and then I become the life of the party and life is good, we're all having a good time, we're partying and then I reach a point where I black out and I get angry with everyone and I'm like, uh, and I, and I, and I yell at people that are my friends, and I treat them badly, and I make them feel bad about things. And then the next day, I wake up and go, oh, gosh, what did I do? Why did I say those things? And that's why I can't drink, because I go through a range of emotions while I'm drinking. But I I held off. I had that beer, and then I went to my friend's wedding. My friend, Shane Newsom, uh, got married to his wife, who he's still married to, Audrey, and uh uh, lovely people. I love them. And uh, they got married in Key West and they let me bring three people. That's how nice of people they are. I brought my friend, uh, Will, my friend, Mike, and my friend Kelly. And the three of us went down to Key West. We stayed at the El Patio. I remember that. Uh, we thought that we got there. It was just going to be somebody's front porch. And, uh, we stayed at the El Patio and man, did we drink down there. I mean, we drank and drank and drank in Key West. I mean, Key West is an incredible place. You walk down the street, you say, we said to ourselves, all right, we're not going to drink this morning. We're gonna, I mean, we drove down there through the night. We bought a bottle of tequila. We drove down there. It was May 18th is the day, and that's my birthday. So we drove down on the night of May 18th through the night. We showed up at Key West, and we couldn't check into our hotel yet, so we went around and we found some margarita mix, and we already had a bottle of tequila, so we just start drinking. We just start making mar margaritas at like 8 a.m., and we're having these margaritas, and then we get to um, we get to our hotel. We can't check in yet, but we go ahead, and we just change into our bathing suits, and we start swimming in the pool, and then someone brings out these jello shots, and they're like, hey, we're leaving today. Do you want these? And we're like, yeah, so we start drinking jello shots, and we're trying to see how many of us we can stack on each other's shoulders and stuff like that, and we're getting wild out there, and then my friend's like, hey, we're going to brunch. Do you want to meet us at brunch? So, you know, we're showing up at brunch at 11 a.m., drunk already i mean we're wild i mean these now will partied with us a pretty good bit but kelly and mike i mean we for a while we were partying fools like will was a bit more level-headed about his drinking and me and kelly and mike all worked at hyman's together so we all had this restaurant vibe kicking in us and we get wild and we get wild and uh, i think mike is still wild uh, kelly's married has kids i'm not as wild and, um, but we get, we get wild. And, uh, so, I mean, we, we drank that whole day. I mean, and the next morning we were like, all right, we're not going to drink until later today. And we walked by and they had like this street side stand set up where you're just walking on the sidewalk and they're just selling margaritas and pina coladas right there on the side of the street. And we were like, all right, well, we'll have a pina colada. You know what I mean? And we have this pina colada and then they go, do you want to? For a dollar extra, do you want a floater? And we're like, well, what's a floater? And they're like, well, it's an extra shot that we just drop right inside for a dollar. And I'm like, well, for a dollar, of course I want a floater. And, you know, so I'm wasted by the time that goes around. And, you know, I, I had given a speech at my friend Joey's wedding, the friend that I moved to Charleston with, the friend that left me at the Waffle House. I gave a speech at his wedding. And, uh, 
you know, right before I, I gave a speech at his wedding the day after I embarrassed myself by drunkenly being at his uh, rehearsal dinner, which is a story for another time, but is a story that should be told. Um, and uh, so the next day, Joey says, all right, two beers. If you have more than two beers, then you can't do the speech. And that's fair. But you know what? I went ahead and had no beers. I did the speech. I worked on the speech for a long time. My brother-in-law helped me. I really worked on it. I cared about it. It was a great speech. It was really good. And so Shane and Audrey, uh, or maybe just Shane, Audrey maybe is a little smarter than than that, but uh, Shane had heard about this speech and asked if I would you know, give one at his wedding. Not the only one. He had a few people giving them, but he asked if I would give one at his. And uh, so I was like, sure, no problem. Now, the speech that I wrote for Joey, I had worked on weeks prior to. This one, I'm I'm writing the weekend of uh, when I'm the most drunk that I've ever been in my life. I mean, the night of the wedding, uh, that, that day, earlier that day, I had like one hour of sleep, and we decided, me and Kelly and Mike decided to go snorkeling. We were so hungover, we took this, the idea was that we would take this long boat ride out to a place where we could snorkel. And then we take the boat ride back and all the beer you can drink on the way back. So we thought, well, that's that's the trip for us. So before we buy our tickets and then we're waiting in line and they go, you know what, guys, the water is a little too rough today. They said we can still do the tour, but we recommend doing a rain check and coming back and doing it another day. Well, we didn't have another day. This was our last day. So we're like, and they wouldn't give us a refund. So we're like, nah, we're doing it. So we go out on these rough, rough waters, and we're not feeling well. And then we get at we get to the uh, to the ocean. We get out there. Mike throws up in the water one time. We're all having a hard time. The only animals that we saw out there felt like animals that could hurt us. So we weren't that happy with it. And then on the way back, we all had one beer because we were so sick. We were like, we can't even we can't even drink the beer. So later that night, I'm so I'm on one hour of sleep. I'm still I'm drunk. I'm still drunk from the night before, and I'm already drunk again. And I have to give a, a speech at a wedding, and uh, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It's not. It wouldn't be highlight reel embarrassing, you know. But it just it was me trying to look profe- Whenever I'm trying to look serious and professional, um, I usually look like an idiot. You know what I mean? So that's how this went. And uh, and we drank a lot. I drank so much, and I smoked so many cigarettes that I couldn't breathe. On the ride home from Key West, I bought, I stopped and bought dip uh, because I had smoked so much that I could barely breathe. And I was like, "Well, I got to get my nicotine somehow." But uh, and back then, I mean, that was a thirteen-hour drive. I mean, a thirteen-hour drive for me is even rough now. Uh, but back then I didn't do near the driving that I do now. I mean, I can, I can kick back and, and settle into a 13 hour ride now, but back then that was a nightmare. So, uh, and then, you know, a lot of times I'd, I'd black out and just forget complete periods of time. And I've done that a lot. And Mike used to have hallucinations. He would get so drunk, he would have alcoholic hallucinations. I never had those quite so bad, but but we had a we had a rough time, but it was also a good time. So that's I hate to look I can't look back on those times and go, man, that was a waste. Even though there also is a lot of times where I'm like, man, if I had that time back, I could have made uh, more productive use of my time rather than just getting as wasted as possible. But I think a lot of that stuff is all part of the learning curve. I'm as smart as I am now because I live the things that I lived then. So I don't want to encourage you to do those things because. You know, you can learn other ways, and you probably don't need to – a lot of times you probably don't need to know that stuff. But uh, I do feel equipped now, if that makes any sense. But there it is. That's that story uh, of me drinking. I don't know if that's a full story or if that's just uh, a bunch of times of me drinking. And uh, But I had a good time talking about that. I hope you had a good time listening to it. If you are new to this podcast, please go onto iTunes, uh, subscribe and we do we put out one every week every Wednesday or Thursday it's hit or miss you know it could be any time but we do one weekly uh usually my wife Hannah Hogan will be doing it with me but she didn't join me today um uh, but if you're new subscribe on uh, iTunes and uh give us a five star rating 
and give us a review. And if you do a review and a rating, screenshot it, email it to me at dusty.slay at gmail.com, then I will send you a free gift. I don't know what it'll be, but I'll send you something uh, just to say thank you for doing that. And it may not be very good, but it may be something super sweet. Who knows? Uh, But I would appreciate it if you guys would do those reviews. And uh, go to baileycandleco.com, buy yourself a candle. They're great. They're great. They're biodegradable, so it's safe for the environment. It also smells good. Um, my um, social media is at Dusty Slay on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Facebook, Dusty Slay. Uh, and my website is DustySlay.com. Go there. Uh, and then I hope to see you tonight at Zany's. I'll be at Zany's tonight at 730 or this weekend in Charlotte. Fort Mill, South Carolina is so close to Charlotte that if you live in Charlotte, you should come see me. I want you to come see me. Let's hang out. Let's be friends. I love Charlotte. I don't get to come there enough. I'd love to see you. Um, Thank you very much. We're having a good time. (laughs) 